0: Yeah. Oh, sorry, we got to be serious. My bad. Sorry about that. I was, I was trying to be serious about this. Okay, welcome in to Calling the Audible. I'm your host, Mo Khan, along with... Peace del Reese. And I will say, Mo, the chemistry is still there because I was yeah. gonna, I was
1: ready to stay silent as long as you were ready. <laughs> Just to put I know, but you know what's going to happen?
0: The suits and and, and St. Leonard are going to be like, well, listen, guys, you got sponsors to pay, got to talk, right? But you know, Peace, if you remember, uh, this is Calling the Audible with Eagle, our producer. Eagle? Hellos. Thank you. And if you remember, like, we've not been together since October 2020 because of COVID-19, and I know you have a short-term memory piece, but I did text you, hey, I have the perfect example in describing you, Eagle, and I, and the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. I thought about this. Okay. We're like a plutonic menage a trois hosting a show. Ooh. So that means like it's a menage a wine, but we keep our shirts on. Oh, well, it's optional. Yes.
1: Yeah. No, I didn't think you oh, drink wine.
0: I don't drink wine. No, I drink a lot of water.
1: I'll have I'll have uh, Mo's uh, portion. I'll have Mo's portion of the wine. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So this is calling the Audible. It's been a long time since we've had a show together, as a trio. It's been I think now eight months or nine months give or take. Uh, thankfully, COVID nineteen is in better shape now than where it was back in the fall. And we hope to keep that. And we'll make sure we will remind guys and players and everyone that plays in the league the protocols required for the indoor fields and outdoor fields. Uh, But we're happy to be back. We're happy to see football back. It was great to see a lot of the guys uh, for week one that I've encountered who are relieved to see familiar faces and just be out there with friends and and having fun throwing footballs, catching touchdowns and whatnot. Uh, Peace. It's been a while, man. But uh, we're back. And hopefully it's going to stick. Fingers crossed and have no interruption like we've had the last couple of seasons with FPF?
1: I will say, um, for those who are watching um, and are people who have watched for a long time, uh, first of all, thanks for your patience in general with FPF. This wasn't an easy time for us at all. Uh, We all miss the league. It's not just, we are are players in the case of myself and Eagle, uh, but it's not just the players. The staff absolutely misses uh, working for the league it's not something we do because it makes us very much money. We do because we absolutely love the league and we love the community and we want this community to grow. And for those of you who are familiar with, with what we do uh, and you do happen to meet new players and don't know that they don't know there's a podcast. They don't know there's an article. Mo in my first season, I didn't know there was playoffs. I didn't know there was stats being kept. Stats. Uh, we we learned that in like week seven, you know what I mean? And like, so, uh, you know, do feel free to share this information, not just about the media, but about anything about the league, all the things that make the league special, uh, the website, things that you take we all take for granted. Uh, you know the fact that our stats get posted, that we've increased the amount of stats, and we'll t- we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um and we're gonna be covering um, a lot of this stuff throughout the season so that's that's really exciting because mo you and i always said we need more information to talk about games because we can't be at all the fields all at once yeah. uh so definitely super helpful to have some more of this information you know well, it's the, funny the, these
2: the uh this first week coming back we both had the same realization of how the hell did we do all this work beforehand yeah. like there's so much to do it was crazy <laughs>
0: Well, the, the evolution of, of the scorekeeping, though, you go think about it, right? We went from paper and, and, and clipboards to tallying stats and working in the overnight hours. Tracking to first that,
2: downs and field position. Yeah, to now
0: yeah. to iPads, right, where we had generic, you know, iPad stats. And to now having advanced stats where you have first downs, uh, uh, targets, percentages of targets, red zone conversion rates, the whole nine. So for those who are getting, you know, first time against PZ alluded to, first time uh, players of this league look at your scoreboard card, right, on your on your team page for scores. You'll see the in-depth numbers of targets right down to the last nitty-gritty of, of advanced stats for FPF. So definitely has evolved uh, to become more, um, I guess, cooler. And to bring up that topic that we'll bring up all throughout the course of the season, who has the best offenses out there, who has the pa- worst passing offense out there, and talk about those things in between. So we look forward to doing that for all the divisions from co-ed right up to div A and B. And look, we have ten weeks, piece. I think we have ten weeks. We have eleven weeks of regular season. I forget. It's eleven I weeks because
1: it. I had a buy. I had a buy. Right, exactly. It's really weird. It's the strangest, it a
0: strangest feeling ever is to have a buy week. Right. Week. Exactly. So let, let's dive into it. And you know, we usually do like the week that was, but because it's where the in between show, the sandwich of the of the two breads of the recap and what it will be for the end of the week. Uh, first week piece. We have not played football. Some guys have not played football for almost a year plus. Some guys have not played in eight months. Some guys have played here and there. Watching the first week of games overall, I mean, they were good, but not great because I think people are still in that rust mode and it might take a week or two to get themselves back into some FPF shape going towards uh, the July into the August months.
1: I've played a few uh, outdoor games just to sort of get ready for the season with my team. And one thing I noticed was everyone's cardio is shit, right? Like, because gyms have been closed. And, like, you know, even when guys are still in decent shape, um, you know, it's not the same. Like, you, it, it's a specific uh, skill to, to sort of go full speed, stop, go full speed, stop for, like, a full game. And I noticed a lot of guys who I never see get winded were getting winded in, in some of these games. And the difference from, like, our third sort of preseason game from the first one, it, it was massive. It was massive. So yeah, and, if nobody, if those teams haven't gone out to play, they'll see, they'll see, hey, you know what? We're not where we want to be just yet.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, watching some teams play, um, in particular, I was watching Div a on Sunday and, and watching Dan Lazarus' team. What do they call it? Contraptions again or conspiracy? What's the name, Eagle, for Lazarus' team? Contraband. For, contraband, right? I mean, they, they've been playing football for a while. They'll use them as an the example. They've been playing outdoor football for a while, even before and during COVID. And they look like they haven't lost a step. And that's the difference, right? You're right, Piz. If those who did play football before FPF or were coming back to FPF are still in shape, it's going to probably give them that advantage that maybe they can jump out to a 2-0, 3-0 record and kind of set the tone for the regular season in their divisions that they could be the leader of the pack and end up having a higher seed and, look, have everyone else chase them because they are in better shape and they're more in sync than some teams who may have not picked up a football since March of 2020, for that matter.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's uh it's that's gonna sort of set the tone for the early season. But the thing with FPF is, you know, after that first game, the first week of games is always the sloppiest, even in the best of circumstances. But already by week two you see teams uh already playing better, playing sharper, making less mistakes. So I, I think that turnaround will be quick. I think that turnaround will be real quick.
0: When you look at Division A and B, we'll start off with that in our season preview in terms of what it is. Of course, it is A and B. There's four teams in Division A, and there's, what, six, eight, six in the B, right? Yep. There will be crossover games with these teams involved. Already we have a, a victory in the crossover effect as BYOB beat Chernobyl yesterday in, or in Brossard on, on Monday night. Uh, when we look at this division, it's always that traditional guys who don't want to move up their teams because they're afraid of maybe getting pounded by a more established Division A or Division I team. But I think, again, the circumstances that we're in with what COVID has done with no sports the last year and a half practically, that there might be a lot, there might be more closer scores or more parity in the Division B versus Division A crossover games than we've mm-hmm. seen in years past.
1: I think I think the team's um, are remarkably closer than years past. Um, one thing I thought about, and I mentioned this to Eagle in a in a separate chat uh, regarding ratings and so on and so forth. I want to know what you thought, Mo, and then we'll also ideally use this as a clip and get um, the thoughts from the 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 community. But what if we had, especially, let's say, the top three divisions, where there's a formal sort of uh, What's that term in in soccer where teams? Champions
0: League. Sorry. Champions League, or are you talking about promotion? There's a
1: Champions Leaguing of the worst teams. Uh, Um,
0: Promotion or
2: relegation.
1: Promotion and relegation, exactly. Thank you, Eagle. I'm just gonna call it Champions Leaguing. Um, No, there's there's a there's a where let's say like it's defined that the top let's say eight quarterbacks uh, lead teams in Division A, um, and then the the worst two get relegated. And the top two from division two get promoted and same thing. Let's say going down to at least division three uh, for the for the winter season. That's something we 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 talked about. We all we don't know all the the machinations of how that would work. We don't have all the answers. It's at this point, it's just brainstorming. We just want to find ways to get more teams in top divisions. Um, what are your thoughts? And do you think that would be well received?
0: I don't think it'd be well received, Ps. Like if, like if the Ecosystem of our league, right? There's a lot of egos, but thin-skinned people who refuse. Now, I'm not going to division That's one. More I'm not calling going to
1: you division. up,
0: by the way, Sean Abram. That's more calling well, you up. Well, I'm calling a whole bunch of quarterbacks, right? Guys, rankings. It's weird, Pete. Like you do well, but they want you their rank to be low. Like, no, no, don't put my ranking too high. Like, even though I threw for 85 million touchdown passes, I still want to be 65, right? Because it's that ego. Like I could dominate this league, be a big fish in a small pond. Whereas people, for whatever reason in this league, don't want to test themselves against the best of the best, whether it is the Braves of the world or playing the chemo-wise of whatever team he's playing with. And I think now in this league, we, there has to be some sort of uh, direction, not saying that FPF is wrong, but there's got to be some sort of direction that the encouragement of these quarterbacks who are on the fence, who are fringe uh, uh, fence players, that, look, here's your chance to prove your point. Yes, you might go 3-7 and seven for year one. But guess what? By year two or year three, you might flip that 3-7 and seven to a 7-3, and, and by year uh, three, you're talking about maybe a Division one title. By year four, you have a ring on your finger. It's a process, but again, it's that thin-skinned quarterback who just wants to build his stats up and keep his ranking low, and that's why it's going to cost people the quality of games that we should be seeing than having guys sit at home and not saying, I'm not going to play because it's Division one or Division two for that matter.
1: Well, I guess I, I'm curious to see what the the feedback is from the community, specifically from the guys in Division One and Two, right? Because you want to list them or no?
0: Sorry, you want to list them, on who's who's dodging the divisions here, or, or you want to keep them? <laughs> well, uh... I want to know, like specifically from the Division One, Division A guys, who at
1: some point get worn out by playing the same teams over and over, and that's why actually the benefit of this season is having the crossover games. Is hopefully, you know some of the Div B teams can hang and say, like, okay, well, you know what. Maybe we're ready for Division two in winter, or maybe we're ready for Division one in, in winter. Um, but I'd like to know, like if not that, what's the what's the solution for, here's the solution for you For moving teams into the top? because what ends up happening otherwise is you just have a glut in the middle. You have divisions, you know, five, four, three, which are these massive divisions, yeah, you know, and then the top two divisions never grow, which we'd like to see more teams there.
0: So here's my solution, right? in European football, European soccer, Champions League. Okay, that's the ultimate uh, event for European club action, right? It's the most money made. You have the best on best, right? Perhaps in Division 2, for example, for winter season or even now for, for fall, spring season that we have for Division B, if you finish in that top four and you showcase, that, hey, you are a top four team regardless if you, you win your division or not, you get promoted automatically to Division 1 the following year. Well, but the thing is, I think that's why it has to be linked to quarterbacks because teams can change, Right. Yeah, for sure, it's it's always so, interchangeable. But that puts you in that bracket of, hey, guess what? You were the top four team, even though you didn't win. You're you're subject to perhaps promoting yourself up to FPF F- F- Division One or Div A for the following season.
1: Yeah, and then if you, and then if you fall if you fall in the bottom one, two, three, whatever the number is, yeah, then you're right back down to Division Two. And, and exactly, you're always going to be in a, in a position where you're not dominating a division necessarily. Um, and then another other cases... Yeah, you know what? Now you are the the top dog in the division. You know, so it, I think I think I think that would be interesting. But of course, all this hinges on feedback because FPF is a community, and we do want to hear what people have to say about of that.
0: Of course, of course. Of
1: so, who, who's your favorite in division? A? Uh, it's it's so hard not to go with Braves. Um, th- th- you know, we we know everything about them. We know the the, the sick receiving squad. Uh, we know how good. Uh, John Mayer is and, and how well he plays with guys like George Gary P with, you know, now Alex Pilon has been on the team for a little bit. Uh, JD Chevalier, obviously a great, a great addition too uh, from, from years past. And, um, but I, I keep, listen, I don't know what it is. I love tacos. Um, I love Dan Lazara and I always want the best for him. And I like this team a lot. I think, I think AJ Gomes and I've seen, uh, you know, Isaiah Lard have, have such a massive impact on lower divisions, adding Tam Villadette, Uh
0: It's a good team. It's a good team across the board. It's one week, but I think Contraband has the horsepower to, to make a run. Yeah. This, I think now for Dan Lazara as a quarterback, guys, this is his time to shine. I mean, he's come up. He's won. I mean, he's won years ago in the spring league, but this is his time now to shine to to end the torment that he's received from the Braves. Because remember that game in Division Two where he threw what four INTs in the dip two winter final? Yeah. And you know, some people thought he wasn't a big game player. This is his time to shine now. The path has never been so clear for him where you look at the All Stars led by that Kevin White, not, not so the same was, team. That was
1: an unfair narrative because like we've since learned the Braves are the best team in FPF, right? Like there's no we question just didn't yes. know it at the time. Agreed but, piece. Yeah. So I will say, though, when I saw the team name, uh, Chernobyl negative 21 references to to Nuclear Winter. So that's kind of dark. Can't cheer for Nuclear Winter.
0: So They lost, though. They lost to BYOB. And and that's why I think from from the Division A perspective, I think Contraband, I'm going to put them over Braves right now, for now. But Dan Lazara has a golden opportunity to really legitimize himself as being one of the best quarterbacks in this league. If he's able to slay Kevin Wyeth and Joe Meyer at some point in the playoffs where it matters most, whereas for division, whereas for division B, when you look at that those teams available here, peas, I mean this is a little bit more open ended. I think in terms of who the favorite is, I think this is one of those that it's like you love cooking, right, peas? Mm-hmm. When you smoke, when you do your smoker for food, it's not ready after ten minutes. It takes a whole no. day for it to get ready. I think this is the same application for smoking this division B of. Who was the best team I think we probably won't know until week seven and eight where we'll see a bit of separation of some of these teams from where they are from top to bottom
1: yeah for sure and and it's i think it's a it's a very competitive division um that said you know when I saw the BYOB roster when they first registered I was like my god that's that's a juggernaut that's a that's a really i don't i don't think we've seen teams necessarily that strong in division b just across the board you know like um I don't you know, I'm not saying they'd be the best team in, in Div A. I'm not saying like, they're, they're, they're division-dodging by any stretch. They fit the division. It's fine. It just, I looked and I was like, man, there's not a weak spot on that
0: team. There isn't. And watching them play yesterday, the only weak spot that I could see pop up is Matthew Rene having a bad football game. It, it's that, literally the only way. is you yeah. like,
1: He has to beat himself. That's the only way that, that you can...
0: Yeah, Laurent Foucault is very good. Um, that receiving core is explosive. Strong hands. They brought in Jonathan Grizzly, the big Grizzly Bear in the lineup. And funny enough, he came late to the game on uh, in Brossard on Monday night. So he was changing, came on, first playing defense, picked off uh, uh, Pat Schnard. And so he fit in right seamlessly into, that, into that team. So they have playmakers you know, that, that can work in their favor. But it's all about Matt Renee and what he does as a quarterback. And if he has a great – if he's on, he's unreal. But if he's off, forget about it. It's like you're talking to a guy that's not even there physically or mentally speaking there. For sure. So for I sure. think BYB but, could be a team to watch out for, for sure.
1: And defensively, like, you know, Sebastian Simon, uh, Marc-Andre Lapointe. He wasn't even there. You know. I know. But, like, that's, that's the roster, right? Like, he's on the team. Steven Osman, like, it's – it's a tough team to throw games. It's a tough team to throw games. What, what do, you about, think, like, do you think
2: if this wasn't week one that Chernobyl would have potentially won this game? Like the whole rust factor comes into it? Because obviously when we talk about the uh, the crossover games, Division A, you're dealing with a higher cap space, right? So you could play into a higher roster in theory. So most of the time you would expect the Div A team to win, but clearly this did not happen. So can you say this is a rust issue? Is it a, a roster thing specifically? Like they're, they're talking they're 20-30 points under cap both sides and they killed them.
0: Well, Rosh had been obligated to not play for Schnard's team uh, for Chernobyl minus 21 and and, and, like, and and Rosh has not played in, in a couple of years, I believe, in FPF but his value of how he sees the game from mm-hmm. an offensive-defensive perspective could have helped Schnard, could have helped that defense and that was lost in that, in that whole ordeal against BYOB but I, I look at, say, Urgence Medik and KGP Right. Those, are t- those are two teams that have kind of had a history in the last couple of seasons together. Where I look at them, I say, boy, is this now a year where maybe KGP takes that next step in their development? Because they've shown signs, guys, that they've been a tough team to play in the lower – or Division Two or Division B, whatever it is, in the last couple of years.
1: And so the worst thing is is that they lost week one, right? So it's, it's, it's the, uh, the thing that's happened for the last three seasons is, you know, they start off kind of slow. And then Phil Cutler is going to be amazing and he's going to make us look stupid and all that stuff. But for me, I agree with you that KGP is this, this team that really should be at the top of this division. Um, and it looks, from the scorecard anyway, that they were never really in this game, right? Like No, they weren't. Erzhan dominated completely from start to finish.
0: And else, let's not forget, P's, the history of KGP is that they're a very small roster. They're not like one of those teams that has 10 deep. They go six, if they're lucky, seven on a, on a game day. So I wonder if Kwesi gordon Mall will factor in, because that's a guy that definitely brought a difference to that team. But when you look at the overall outlook of this team, they have a, a history together that, that can definitely help them in the long run. And we see teams like Junkyard Dog, um Junkyard Dogs, beg your pardon, uh, and, and get off my d newbie teams in Division B. I'm curious to see how Junkyard Dogs will fare because, look, they too have they they've been pretty good in the middle circuits of the divisions of FPF world here, peas. Well, well, now see. they're testing themselves in Division B, which is a step up in in the in the play weight over here, the class weight over here. So, can they be a factor in this whole process? I I'm
1: I'm a fan of uh, Junkyard Dogs from a talent standpoint, like they. They were a team. Who correct me if I'm wrong, Eagle, but they were in Division Three last in the in the last winter season. That's, right. That's um, right. And so the best teams of Division B should in, in Division Three should be in Division Three, like you know, Division right. B is basically Division Three and a half, right? Or it's something between. lights, Division Three, light. lights. Yeah, much. Division Two, light, basically. Yeah, and so. I I I like look they put up 33 points in, their, in in their first game in division B that's and against um uh, against Braves like that's that's an impressive start to your to your, to your time in the division right so mm-hmm. you know it's it's a team that's retooled we see Jamil Springer on the roster we see Travis Moses on the roster uh Travis Moses didn't play this game um uh, and I think yeah neither did Jamil. so like you know two of your bigger cap hits aren't even there for that game. And you put that with the fact that Rory and, and Sean Summergeon, we know what they can do. We know that they're absolute freak athletes. Um, yeah. I, I, I see no reason why, uh, why they, they wouldn't compete in this division. We, we, we saw them put up 33 points against a division A team. And I'm sure they weren't even happy to see that their first game is against Braves. Like that's like, seriously, FPF.
0: Thanks. Eagle. You know what? Let me ask this question, guys. And Eagle, you can jump into this because we'll jump into see in, in moments from now. Should, when we have those crossover games of A versus B, should we put an incentive if that, that? If a B team meets an A team, we give them three points compared mm-hmm. to the traditional two points? Uh, we've talked
1: about a lot of this stuff in terms of incentives for uh, crossover games. Um, the, the, the fear was that we don't want to do something that would feel gimmicky, right? Um, I don't think that's an unfair way to look at it. And again, maybe that's something where we can get some feedback
0: from teams, from the community, and see what they think about it. Well, Eags, what do you think quickly here before we go I eight? mean, I,
2: I agree with Peas. Yeah, we're trying to keep it. I mean, at one point, we're looking at bonus points. We're looking at spread systems to try and make it more favorable. We're looking at artificially bumping the cap up for the, the B team so they can bring in ringers. But everything just felt off right like if you're if you're the div b team it almost feels like we're pandering to you if you're div a team it almost feels like we're trying to make you lose or make it more competitive versus right uh, let's just play football so yeah we've we've held back on that but if you guys have ideas uh, as a community on whether you'd like something in terms of uh bonus points or a spread or something to make a, a closer game potentially uh definitely let us know
0: all right so division c this is gonna be fascinating because I look at blessed Levi Stephen Harpersad Kevin Smuda. Uh, that team is loaded. They had two games uh, Sunday night in Lachine, and they were impressive. Yeah, they had a doubleheader. Yeah, because there's and,
2: 13 teams this year. Yeah. So, and oh. I'll tell you very- one
0: thing, please. Very weird. Uh, they are impressive. They look like they're in championship form. Nick Dan is not there, which definitely ups their value as a team talent perspective. But you look at that roster right now, guys, that is an unreal roster. And let me tell you one thing. There is a guy in that roster who was a force on defense and offense. And I'll get to the name right now. Jonathan Svetna he mm-hmm. is the real deal if this well, is he, what he is
1: wow he has been for a while he like,
0: has but but he was picking off his defensive prowess guys his IQ was unreal like he was reading plays and he was picking off quarterbacks he was baiting quarterbacks uh, in the two games that they won on Sunday nights and this guy continues at this trajectory he could be a D, uh, defensive player of the year candidate by the year end of this season speaking of
1: quarterbacks that uh, always feel as so they're rated too highly while they dominate divisions Stephen Harperson like come on two games you put up 88 points in your first two games
0: you're good man stop pretending you're not good he he's that um I'm just trying to think like he, he's that classic like he doesn't look athletically gifted from a physical standpoint but the man can ball like he, so, he just he's a baller I remember when I
1: first started playing quarterback, and uh, obviously Steve's far surpassed my ability. But I, I was saying how, like, you know, I was complaining to Rashdi abdicator, who we talked about before, about how I don't have a strong arm, and he told me, "Don't make excuses. I also don't have a strong arm." You know, and, and FPF, yeah. it's not about that. It's about making the right play calls, uh, making good decisions, and using the players on your on your team to the best of their abilities. For sure, and and that's. Like, this is a really deep team across the board, and he he never needs to force the ball. It's a team that's going to create turnovers. Uh, they, have, they have guys like Svetna, like Willpower, guys who, you know, yeah, they, they might make a mistake here or there on in, on defense and, and give up a 10-yard pass, but I'll trade a 10-yard pass for a pick six or, or a pick and put you in good position any day, and that's that's what they have on this team.
0: All right, Pizzo, I'll ask you. This is going to be the clip of all clips here, so Eagle, get ready to time stamp this clip. Peasy, it's your stage. Is Steven Harpersad a future Hall of Famer in FPF?
1: Well, everyone's going to get mad because I said Joey Taylor was a future Hall of Famer and then he became a future Hall of Famer in FPF or, or he became a current Hall of Famer in FPF. I think so. I, 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 I haven't like actually crunched the numbers, but he's moving up into divisions. He's doing all the things you're supposed to do, right? Um, he's one of those guys that doesn't look the part like no one's going to ever confuse his arm with Joe John or, or Kevin Wyatt, but he's one of the smartest play callers we have. And, and he's, he's been successful. And I think if you look at the stats, one of the stats I look at a lot is uh, touchdowns touchdown interceptions. I don't remember. I want to say he's five to one. I, I could, you sprung this on me. There's no, no script this week. So I didn't have time to do the research, but I think when I was talking to him, about some stuff a couple of seasons ago oh, it was 5 to 1 was his touchdown interception ratio which is on par with some of the best quarterbacks we've seen uh, Marco Mascioltra for example is a, is a 5 to 1 uh quarterback uh it t- touchdown interception ratio for, for example so like that's the level he's competed on albeit at a lower level but now he's playing at division C he's 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 going to be division 3 quarterback um it's going he's going to be div 3 and up from this point on because I don't see a, a way he's not successful, right? So
0: he's, he's only going to move up. Right. Yeah, like he's going to put up stats. And how many titles he wins, who knows. But he'll put up the, the video game numbers at some point And he's off to a flying start with the two games that he's had. But a team that I'm really liking. And if we're going to say that Harry Prasad's team is the favorites and the, what they've done this year, piece this team might be the one to watch, watch out for after Blessed is b-ballers with your man crush. I was going to say,
1: they're they're the team to watch out for, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and, and the guy that we're talking about in, in what he's done, Gianni Cassetti, watching what he did to Andrew Langbert, who was a well-respected player, who has had success, who has evolved himself as a quarterback, being a two-way player in this league, that b-baller team that has gotten sort of like they went to prison, got beat up every single day, and then they became the man, so to speak here, they're on their way. They might be a team that will be very tough to beat. Maybe not this year, but next winter or beyond is where I think they're going to be a very tough out because they have guys that understand the flagging now compared to where they first came in thinking they can just run a train through everybody in this league initially. Well,
1: they, didn't they win won the Division Six championship in their first season, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Eagle? Uh, uh, um,
2: I think but- that's right. Let me go confirm. Yeah.
1: They, they They rolled everyone the first season in in, in uh, the league. Johnny Cassati uh, is a flag quarterback background. Um A lot of times we see we you know, we, we kind of joked with Sam Cannon, right? Like that like he wasn't going to dominate the league. And it's the reason wasn't that Sam Cannon is not probably the most talented player in our league. It's that, you know, it takes a second to learn the league. It takes a second to learn the dimensions. And Gianni Cassati came in, in division, again, 6 or E was the bottom division. They, they started, Dewey, I,
2: they I can correct you, winter 2019, they started 6-D, dominated 6-D, got promoted into division 6, and beat the Mighty Ducks in the uh, championship finals, 38-18. to 18.
1: Yeah, so so that's it. So they won a championship in their first season, because obviously, like, this guy, especially at the quarterback position, is was dominant. It, it, they're all guys who played flag in the youth. It's, it's sort of like the first team that we've seen be these guys who just played flag throughout high school and come in and already have concepts that work, already understand the game, already understand the, the, the dimensions of the field. And yeah, Johnny Casati to me is excellent. And I, I, as much as I like uh, Harper Sod's team, um, these guys, B Ballers to me, are my favorite just from an athleticism standpoint. So, I'm going uh, so on
2: to this mo just quickly? Yeah. Before we had to wrap the winter twenty twenty season, they were in four B and were nine and O with about hundred and fifty point differential in terms of points for points again. So they were very looking close to winning division four B if we hadn't shut down as well. So definitely front runners in the uh, this year.
0: So I I asked you this question, just one answer, quick answer, PZ. Better by the time it's all said and done for FPF career, however long these guys go better fpf career cassadi or harry prasad
1: huh um i mean it's splitting hairs and the way they're going to get there is going to look very different because I, I do think for example they're two of the top quarterbacks in this division um it just johnny cassadi is definitely going to look the part more um maybe just because of age johnny cassadi is younger he's going to have more years of his prime to pad the stats so that's the only reason I will
0: give the edge. I will give the edge to the Johnny Casati. I
1: convinced you know, like, myself as I was talking. Well, in case, in case you, you couldn't go.
0: tell, you, you, just, you went from literally like from Miami weather being rain to sunshine in, in a matter of like minutes here. But hey, that's that's you using your, uh, your CTV. Uh, yeah, exactly. Your CTV CTV using my weather experience experience forecast. The same
1: weatherman.
0: Uh, I might become more essential now for outdoor games. Uh, when you look at EZW, uh, Ligrokc, uh, these teams like balls deep. Um, sheesh, which is led by, of course, by Andrew Langbert. No, no, say it I properly. Think- sheesh, sheesh. Okay, so I just think that this division has a l- bless might be the best team, but after that, I think there's more of a unknown of how close this division will be from a win loss perspective. That I like, uh, I like Blue Dreamers as well because a they also seem to be patrons of the SQ-
1: SDQC, but uh, based on team name alone. But I like. I like that team. It's it's it feels like uh, this group of guys is playing in a division that's properly suited to them in Division C. Uh, AJ Gomes, uh, Al- Alessandro Barazzoni, they add Anthony Sija, uh, Nick Gomes Rizzo. Like that's th- a good team. Nick Grappini. like across the board, they're young, fast, they're exciting. It- it's a good team. It's
0: so their schedule, when you look at it right now, peace, the big win over Silent Ticklers uh, on Monday night. They'll play Le the Grocock. South Harmon uh, Institute of Technology. But then at the end of the year, they will get sheesh and they will get blessed and they will get those teams, right? Those top end teams. So yeah. I think we'll have a clear picture about them probably more towards the end of the season than now. But they have the ingredients to be a good team. And yeah, I, I think, think they think might they be just, a top four team. But the, the think end they of the run season. out
1: exactly. They run at the top four, let's say, with the infantry. Um, so blessed blue dreamers infantry and and b ballers, and I think the rest of this is very, very tight. Um, do we know what's going on with top sauce? I've heard rumors uh, that Vince Nardone may not be throwing for the team for the rest of the season.
0: Well, after his, um, I don't know, I don't call it a debut because he hasn't played in a while, uh, he had six ints, two pick sixes in the game, and lost to the blessed. I'm not sure. Like, look, they have, they have decent talent. I'm not saying they're, they're bad. They, they won't be uh, an 0-10 team. I, I think they'll be a, a 5 win team, and they're seeing probably six, seven wins. But they probably sneak in as probably a seven or eight seed in the playoffs right now. But I know Vince hasn't played in a couple of years, so I'm not too sure how his FPF shape is, is at the present moment here, peas. But I hope he doesn't give up on the position because I think he can definitely get back into the groove of things and be a, an efficient quarterback. That could lead them to five ones if not more.
1: But so if you're if you're them, is it panic time for Vince Nardone? I'm doing I'm doing the, the sports radio thing. Is it panic
0: time or should they stick with Vince Nardone? Should they go out there and make a trade, pull a trade for Aaron Rodgers, bring him yeah. in? You know, I'm of offering Nardone GM and like Chris Mayard to the Packers, right? And and Ted Thompson will be like, Hey, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, sorry, big important. Um Brian Goodenquist is like, Yeah, okay, cool, let's let's make the trade happen, right? Chris so Chris
1: would be are- too good a receiver for Ted Thompson to trade
0: for. Like I think Chris Merritt might be like number 2 on the Packers receiving core if he went <laughs> to Green Bay, right? So I don't think it's panic time for them because it's one game and I can see them making that adjustment and just figuring out okay, what does Vince do well? What does he do what does he not do well? And I think that's where the thing was on Sunday's loss is that a lot of the short throws were being well read by the defense for blast and others and I think his deep throw was there. But at the end of the day, though, I, this is a long term game for, for, for Top Sauce, right? They can't overreact to this one loss. And all they have to do is make their adjustments and just keep with the process, as Nick Seam would say, and go forward with what they have.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I'm, I'm inclined
0: to agree. I'm looking
1: forward to see what they do. Um, they're up against the cap, so it's going to be uh, interesting decisions moving forward.
0: So, who, who do you think is likely to make the playoffs? Uh, Sheesh or Top Sauce? Um, man, you look at the top
1: sauce roster in their stack, but if like, if Vince takes four games before he feels like himself again, the the season's over at that point. Right. So, um, I think she shall bounce back. Um, I think just defensively, they're going to be better. Um, and they're not always going to play a team of that caliber. And, you know, Vincent, Benjamin, Dandre Borden, Ariel Liberati, like that's that's a good core for Andrew Langberg on both sides of the ball. Uh, well, even though be, he's against right. those two guys, no, it, against Dondre and, Vin, and Vincent.
0: Right, and Vincent Benjamin is going to be a good addition to that team. I think he's going to really, you know, spice up that offense and defense. He can play both ways, and he's one of those guys that no one talks about. I know you talk about him in past pieces, yeah. But, but now it's with, with the,
1: between Dandre and Vincent. Those two guys are steals at their cap hits. At, at Dandre in low 70s and Vincent in the, in the mid 70s. Yeah, um, that's the, Andrew. Hats off. That's a steal.
0: Enjoy it. And he'll work it to to the advantage for sure. Yeah. When we look at Division D, uh, Eagle is that the biggest division of 28 teams this year for Division D?
2: I want to say yes, but E might come close. So I'm gonna have to confirm.
0: No, you can just count Eagle if you can, right? <laughs> this I like how Eagle
2: made it seem like
1: doing, you know, investigative reporting,
0: right? And, and so here, here's the thing about this division, right? I, I did watch the Bruins play on on Friday night in Laval. They're one of those teams, Eagles uh, and peas. When I look at them right now and say, okay, like what did they do well? They don't do anything well. They just play Bruin football, right? Gab Wiseman just has his team perfectly uh, balanced in his offensive uh, philosophy. And they quietly go about their business and that whether they score 30 points or whether they score 18 points, they're always going to come away with a victory. So, again, this is definitely one of those divisions that's going to be fascinating to see how this unfolds, because if they get into a shootout, I'm not too sure if the Bruins had that horsepower to keep up uh, with the best offensive threats in this division this season. How is, uh, I see, uh, obviously, Theo LeBlanc
1: struggle at the quarterback position for Glow Gang and they obviously can't play in this division with their former quarterback, Arnold Desjardins. But what did you see? Like, does he look like someone who's going to
0: come no. into his own in the league? No. Like, no, okay. No. So he struggled no. a lot. He struggled it's not a lot. Just the staff. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying it's one game. Again, we can't overreact, right? It's one game. But by the indication of how he looked, no. Uh, like, he's going to have to really catch on quick and he's got to come up with better concepts to what he wants to run for an offense. Because, Pease, you know very well, and Eagle, you know very well uh, calling defenses. If you get a quarterback that is rather inferior to the what you're facing as a defense, whatever it is, you know you can pick and, and, and prod at this kid and use that to your advantage. So this team is loaded with talent of athletes, but they got to get that quarterback position addressed ASAP because if they don't, again, they could fall out by the wayside and be 0-4, 0-5 by the time we hit end of July.
1: Yeah. The one thing I will say about Bruins is, Zach's weren't getting 11 targets. I'm surprised Glow Gang, with their defensive prowess, that they weren't able to like. And I know Zach is difficult to stop, but you, you can't you can't let him get eight catches on you.
0: You, you, you need No, to, but that's Zach's run for it. you though, right? That's his that's his style of play. Like he's always gonna get you minimum eight catches. If doesn't get you if he doesn't get you 15 targets, something's wrong. That <laughs> he's not getting targeted. Well, but but times. Then, again, find a way, find a scheme that's that's gonna.
1: Limit him, or 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 at least make it so he gets eleven targets, but he, he you know, only hauls in three or four catches. Right. Like, what about the way girls? To beat Mean Girls? So Eagle, you've played against them more recently. Um, I mean, I, really feel, I, I remember you mean the,
2: like eighteen months ago. Well, well no, last fall. last fall, no. Was it that soon? I don't even remember anymore. Okay, last fall was like uh, twelve uh, eight twelve months. Okay.
1: Yeah, because in the in the winter they were in um, div Six.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. Yeah.
1: And then, and then they went. They went in in, in the fall season. They played in, in our in our tier. And you played against him. You, you were talking about uh, the interesting approach. I don't remember who the quarterback is, and the past stats aren't showing on the site right now. So please forgive me if I'm wrong. I believe it's Shaden Hitu That's um, what I remember. And he just has a, he has a really strong. You were saying he throws a really hard ball, and he's really like difficult spots to defend, and they have a lot of athletes. So they have quickly become a team to contend with.
2: Yeah, so the best way I would describe his play style is very Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes-esque, where they can sit in the pocket. Yes, 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 yes. yes. No, absolutely not. Okay, sit in the pocket and throw darts, or dodge the rush, run to one side of the field, and throw darts, or take up a field, or run to the other side of the field and find another guy, put it into the the only spot the receiver can make it. So they can buy a lot of time with their feet and create openings that they can get balls into. Like I, I, That was my experience playing against them. It just it felt like you couldn't keep up. To, no, to, to clarify, he's
1: not saying that they're as talented as NFL quarterbacks. He's no, a, no, I know, um, but I like it more to
0: Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, look, I can look, see that too. I mean, look, yeah, look it, at this. Arguably, at those
2: three are very comparable in their style, though.
0: No, they are. But but when you, when you look at that quarterback for Mean Girls, I, I don't see an A. Rod. I don't see Mahomes. I don't see like, oh my god, like I want to watch him because the throws he made. Because all he did Mean Girls, right? They found that quarterback, and he just launched the ball. That's all he did. He launched okay, the ball. Go try and take it away, then, and then they drive the field. Right, on you. but 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 the thing is, though can he make that tight window throw when it matters most? He well, was on thing us, thing.
2: so that's my experience. Wait, but you're but calling defense,
0: Eagle, so anyone can do that in defense.
1: <laughs> you need to be good <laughs> enough to play man against them. You have to have the matchups to play man against them. And right. a lot of teams won't have that in Division D. So they're going to be, to me, without even looking at their schedule, they're at minimum a 6-7 or seven win team. Just, so, just based on the those, combination of factors. Difficult right. like, to defend, and you need to have good matchups.
0: Right. And, like, and not every team played in Division D for week one um, because of bye weeks and, you know, oh, whatever else can come. Right. So, I mean, look, we can't really forecast right now, but, please, if you got to pick a team that you think could be the favorites to win this division, right, wh- who do you have? I have my team. I'll wait well, for you let's
2: Let's year. do Conference A final and then Conference B final, right? So who's going right. to come out of Conference A first?
0: Okay, so I'll go first because okay. that's on the play. Um uh, Sparrow's legend. Junior Sparrow's legend, right? That's in honor of the late Junior Sparrow who, who played in the league for many... Yeah. Legion. Sorry, I beg your pardon. They, they... If Vince Pisano, and he told me his arm feels a lot better today than, say, how it was two years ago, if he is anywhere close to being near healthy, they can make a deep run, Pease, because they have shown with Vince Pisano when he's healthy, they can go far and they can win a lot of the regular season games.
1: Well, but... So, here's the thing. we haven't seen him do it in this division. doesn't mean he can't because I think he's I think he should have been in Division Five and Division D for a while now. um I've always been a fan. I love his style of play. My worry is um that some of these quarterbacks, myself included, the guys who don't have a strong arm um it's hard to play from behind when you don't have a gun um
0: they need to play with a lead
1: at all times. That's, that's not like not like kinda, a literal
0: gun, like like a like a thorn arm gun. Just to make either sure way.
1: Yeah. Either way, yes. Find a way to murder the other team, not promoting violence though. But literally um, or
2: figuratively. Yeah,
1: one or the other. But th- the thing is, um, I think if they're a team that can cost a hot start all the time, they can be successful. Um my worry is that they won't always uh be able to um and and that's that's kind of the issue that I see there. My like, like Essentially, they're, they're more matchup dependent. My favorite is actually uh, Kiss My End Zone. This team is speed, top to bottom. Uh, Alexis Dubois, underrated player, um, and he's a very good builder of teams. Jonathan Harrods, very fast. Uh, Joshua Vasquez can run, can throw. And can, you somehow, man, can you trust Mills- him as a quarterback, though? So the best, the best of Joshua Vasquez is very good. It's probably top of the division. And the worst of it is not even FPF quality. Uh, so I think it's, it's set up for success,
0: right? So Are you sure? Because look, Jamel Springer's on, on this roster.
1: Mm-hmm, but he's that's a why. very
0: high-maintenance player that's going to want to have, not saying he's going to want the ball, but he's going to expect that position to play like, I, I, I
1: will. I will say. I will say this as a, as a former teammate of Jamil's, and I understand he can be heated. I understand his, his personality is big. I actually, in the time playing with him, thought he was a fantastic teammate. That he was hard on guys. He was stern on with guys, but he doesn't really put put you down if you're his teammate. He doesn't. You know, he'll get in your face, but it, it's it's to to help you and to to work with you. He, he's always just trying to get you to perform better. It's never. It's not a guy ripping into you for no reason. Um, I, I think I think it'll help, but it, it's it's going to take some hair on some body parts for Jonathan Vasquez to be able to deal with him. So if he if he's got good communication with Jamil, that's going to be a, a beautiful beautiful tandem. If if he can't deal with Jamil getting in his face, it'll fall apart quickly.
0: When you look at the, the Conference B, uh, who do you got in that conference? Uh, well, Eagle? Who's Eagle got? I gotta know.
2: I, I don't know who I have. I mean, I have to have myself, right? That's how this works. Well, 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 okay, I'm excluding
0: sure. the lockdown. If you have, if lockdown's not in the picture, who do you think is the best team in this division? Or conference?
2: I think Bruins are definitely going to be up there. I think uh, the Stoics, or Stoics as I like to call them, with Chris Rive could be an interesting uh, competitor that can rise to the rankings. I guess my end zone's up there. Tough Lungs is one of those teams where they look good, but then they kind of have, like, a playoff collapse sometimes. So, I don't know. I think it's actually pretty open in terms of who's going to be able to take it.
0: Tough Lungs are a one-man show, though. They're, like, a one-man crew, right? I mean, but you're that's why about... Div
2: D, you can get away with that.
0: Depends. You Depends. could to an extent, though. Like,
1: you... if, if Jamil, for example, decides to lock him down from Kiss My End Zone, like, it's you over. know, it's, it's a it's But the thing is, Tough Lungs doesn't have to be a one-man show. And um, I know the learner brothers have this great connection, but they have a lot of talent. They they don't need to go to, to just the learner constantly.
0: But we'll see. No. We'll see how they develop. Conference B, guys, quickly here, it's a little bit more open-ended. When you look at the – I know, again, a lot of teams do not play week one. I disagree. I feel I
1: feel like there's there's a lot of top-end talent in, in Conference B, and I, I think Conference A is going to beat each other
0: up a lot. I agree. Conference A will be a, a lot more closer, but Conference B, I just – there's a little bit of unknown for my liking of who is the definitive favorite to win this division.
1: I well, a, I like the blackouts a lot. Their improvement year after year. You know, Mo, you know that I've covered, you know, the lowest division a lot as one of yes. the, the the writers of the division. Um, I I'm a I'm a fan of what they do. I will say that there's the return of the the Checherry brothers and uh, the leftovers, also named after. One of the greatest TV shows of all time. If you haven't watched it, do watch it. HBO Max. Um, but yeah, I um I like those two teams as front runners. Voodoo is uh Spears Legion. They're immensely talented with a quarterback who absolutely needs to play with a lead in Frank K. Right? When Frank K has a lead, you're never catching up. And if he has to come from behind, he's never catching up.
0: But we we talked about this team for eons, and Frank K is a loyal listener or or watcher of the show. Probably the only one we have. Only one we have. But at what point does the bottom fall out from this team? Because... Well, so they do
1: the thing where they're great one season and terrible the next season. Whatever they were last season, this will be the opposite. Because that's just what happens with them, and I can't explain why. What about part of my swag, though?
0: I, I, that's another team that I'm very fascinated by and with what they've constructed as a roster, right? We, we talk about how they are, right? and, look, they have Brad Evans. They have Scalzo, Jordan McKennis, uh, McGuigan, Miles Keller, Riley Pinkham. They have some Do guys that have been oh, – Do we know who's throwing for them? Well, that's the question, right? A, who's throwing for them? A B, they have that rapport that can pay off in the long run. And if you go back to the Fall Cup – They were pretty decent in terms of how they were, but could that team sneak up in the standings and be uh, maybe uh, a power to be reckoned with, with maybe voodoo at the end of the season? So, Jordan McKinnis
1: is is eligible to throw in his division. Um, So, he might be throwing. It
0: might be Brad Evans. Um, Is that a a weakness, though? If Jordan McKinnis is throwing, is that weakening your receiver position?
1: Um. I mean, Brad Evans is a fantastic snapper, and they already have uh, the Kyler brothers, Craig Browning, um, Kyle McGugan. Even Riley Pincomb is a guy that is not well known in FPF. The guy's a stud receiver. You're like he's gonna. You're gonna see now that you see target share, you'll see how efficient that guy is. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen him drop a pass. Right. He's he, he's really good. Um, their test is early though. They have Tutton Parlays was a, a very smart defense in the first game, and Blue Larr, who I think. Like always, they're going to be sort of middle of the pack on offense and and scary on defense. Yeah, I think PMS... Guys, I I actually
2: have two teams we haven't talked about yet because you may not recognize their names. First off, we have the new guys, which is recent Mortal Kombat inductee Joseph Kano. He's going to hate me for having to say it said like that. With Kyle Pedvis, yes. Nikki Papich, uh, Tim Horner. That roster essentially is coming back. So that's the new guys' rosters. So that's, that's the old TV and Jelly. The new, the whatever. you. The new, the you, exactly. And we also have the fighting Alini, who has Kevin Smuda, Vesam, Josh Feder, Dondre Borden, Eagle, and AJ Rassler, Eagle, Eagle. Eagle.
0: Eagle. Hold on. that has got to be clipped. Say that again, please. Fighting Illini. 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 No, Illini. No. Fine. Illini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: no, for sure. Like there are two teams. Um, again, so I just can't, I'm I'm contractually obligated to not talk about the U until the playoffs. Like they don't like it because what happens is then they can keep laughing about how wrong I am about them all the time. So I can't mention uh, the new guys. But yeah, and and similar like Kevin Smuda playing in Division D, and and good luck. That is it, not Sammy Feeder. I thought Sammy Feeder had a sixty quarterback rating, and I was about to throw no, my. No, he's with the, the Islanders Island. right now.
0: Oh, that's true. For, that's true. He's for the New York Islanders right now, so he's not. He's nowhere near here. He's he's building that new arena in at Belmont, so he's nowhere near an uh, arena in Montreal. But like A. G.
1: Rasch too, the to the Borden who we've talked about, like it's it's. It's a good team. Vincent Blandin is, too, another guy who doesn't get a lot of respect in the division, but he's a, a smart, cunning defensive player. That's a good team. That's a good team. Maybe, uh, like, a little thin, but the, the top end of that team is, is a high is high in talent.
0: It's kind of like the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah.
1: Well, the Nets are at least four deep, though, right? No, they're,
0: they're, 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 they're deep.
1: Resurrection, resurrection deep. of Blake Griffin, man.
0: Yeah, well, when he wants to dunk. Uh, when we look at Division E moving towards that division of of what we have left here before we wrap it up. Um, Look, some familiar faces again, Division E, what to try and build, of course, is a more developmental uh, piece. I know this is your wheelhouse when it comes to getting familiar with teams in this division. Um, What do you think will happen in terms of how this will play out in the two conferences going forward this season? This is the hardest I've ever had to work to cover because I'm
1: writing the Division E article. So first of all, hi, Division E. I'm writing the article. Um, if you have any complaints, uh, send them to my boss. MoCon19, um, and I'll
0: deal with them.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's fine. Um, the thing is, is that there's so many unknowns, right? Like, there's so many teams. We have sort of a, a pipeline with FPF Junior teams coming up through there. We have the teams that, are, like, it's, it's, it sucks to see the Brewers only score seven points in their first, first game, right? But they're going against Oscars Hockey School, which I think is an amazing name because it's, it's not even relevant to the sport. But they're, <laughs> they're a bunch of brand new guys, right? They're, they're, they're all 55 across the board. And so, yeah, like, the you know, they don't know anything about the Brewers. don't know anything about this team. And, and they're probably just a bunch of young, really athletic guys, right? And um, that tends to play in the division E. Um, and, they, you know, Rainmakers obviously f- familiar from their time in Division A, but it's, it's you know, um, the other Kastner, so to speak, throwing the ball. And it's a team that is composed of guys who, other than Derek Kastner, don't have a lot of, of name power. It's Derek and Ryan, but, like, there's a lot of guys who we just don't know about, but Will they be able to compete with these younger, faster, more athletic teams? That that's like they only put up 18 points. They got the win, but will they do that against the athletic teams?
0: That's the question. Well, they'll they'll match up with Oscar's hockey school on in week six on August second. Yeah, well, so, that's, but, that's be by a, then. Who knows where a, the teams will be then, right?
1: That, that's the thing is we're going to see like FPF knowledge versus, uh, you know, sort of the, the spring just, chicken. And, and and speed and all that. Trailer right. Park boys also always interesting. They're one of these teams who are getting better and better. I was even surprised just to see them still in the lowest division. What would Green they're, they're Means good. go,
0: though? What would Green Means go?
1: I think Two you're falling into the trap. You're falling into the trap, mode, that you think the lowest division is won by FPF experience. Well, all that means is, is old guys get uh, run around by these young fast kids. Um, that's, it's almost never been the case that established names win in, in Division E or 6. It's never the case.
0: And yeah, you're so always I, about the speed. You're always about the five-star athletes over the yes. wildy veterans. Yes. I,
1: athletes win games. Um, and, you know, the thing is, like, yeah, um, Eugene McLaren in this division is is dirty. Conrad uh, Keeble in this well. I mean, Yeah, but Conrad's, you know, he's a smart FPF player. And he's a decent athlete, but he's not, like, I don't think he would tell you he's like a speed demon or anything, right? Right. Like, so, right. Um, I, I think it will be fine. I just don't think they, they have the top-hand talent to compete with these guys. Just These kids were able to go for 40, 44 minutes plus 10 plays.
0: It makes sound like they can really last long, 44 minutes plus 10 plays.
1: But it is. That's, what, that's, that's an FPF game, my
0: friend. <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> the length of an FPF game. Ravens um, are
1: the best mix of both those things. Right. Um, with Matthew Hull and, and, you know, obviously he's just a stud in general. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a young team, but it's, they're also a team who are young, fit, fast, and have FF fifth experience.
0: Yeah, Joël is also on this team and, you know, watch them play. And they got some McGill guys, uh, former McGill guys on this roster. Kema Kuchelua on this roster as well. Uh, they, they could make some noise, and again, whoever's throwing for them for the Ravens in this division, um, whether it's Matthew, I don't think Joel can throw. I'm not too sure because, again, his pedigree is, as a football player, but they could be a team that could run a table in Division E maybe end up with seven to eight wins, maybe nine. Who knows? Things go their way. So the Ravens could be the team that I think will be my favorite going into this season and Division E.
1: believe uh, is allowed to throw eagle. What's the cap in the V again? Remind uh, me.
2: I want to say sixty-eight. Let me confirm that.
1: I, 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 thats the, exactly what I was thinking as well. So I, Because if he's able to throw, it is
2: sixty-six actually. Yeah. Okay,
1: but he's—he's oh. he's under that, isn't he? I—I so I moved. I navigated away from the tab. Uh, he's a sixty-five
0: point two. So he's able to throw. I think he will be throwing for the team. Uh. Days, will we, have a, will we have an undefeated team in Division E this year?
1: Um, unfortunately, we tend to, right? We tend to have uh, a, either an undefeated team or a 9-1 team. We tend to have a, a winless team or a 1-9 team. I think it's less likely to have a, a winless team in Division E than, than a undefeated team. Um, Dilly Dilly really impressed um, in the first week. Um, you know, 33-12, that's nothing to sneeze at. Um I think Oscars hockey school are gonna be one of those surprise teams. It's just we don't know them, so we don't pay attention to them early, but before we know it they'll be, you know, four, five, six you know. um, right. and all. Um and like I said, one of those in between teams like Trailer Park Boys or uh or um the team we just talked about, Ravens has that yeah. chance. They have that chance as well.
0: Finally, for co-ed and how it will play, we have two division co-ed, Tier 1, Tier 2. So we have a bit of separation. And, of course, for Fall Cup 2020, it wasn't that easy because some teams were outplayed. I uh, look at Tier 1, and this might be the right, no pun intended, um, mix, even though party mix is in it, of teams. I think this is going to be one of those divisions where there won't be um, a true favorite, but there might be a bunch of teams at 5-5, five and 6-4. Five, and four, and maybe even 7 and 3 and how this unfolds. I think Fighting Tigers, Power Rangers, Party Mix, all good solid teams coming into this Coet season for this tier 1.
1: How how um dirty is it that Semi-Crocan can come back after a tough fall. There's a subdivided division. First game they get third down for what? <laughs> and they get be 42
0: 12. Well, hold, so on, hold on here. Hold, hold on here. So so that that is fascinating because again, we saw them play last year. They were pretty decent that piece. I'm surprised yeah, by they, the whole process.
1: Like not the top tier, right? Like we knew that. Okay, this will be a good tier two team. And then first game they show up and and they get you know they get a tier one team. I actually think I'm looking forward to and this is what I was saying to Alexi Zubov about is um, I think as the division gets more popular, as as women begin to talk about it more and more, as we promote it more and more uh, to women. Uh, the division will grow, because I think it'll be easy to get men to play co-ed, right? Like, it's it's getting yeah. these these amazing women out there. Um, and once we have three divisions, it'll be easier for us to, to um, allow for Filter. sort of rating, yes. cap ratings that make sense. And I think that that's the way that, that we can... If we can have sort of like somewhere between six to eight teams between three tiers, and I don't think we're that far away. I think that just through word of mouth and just through our promotion and and uh, the fact that flag football is a sport that's been growing for women, um, I think it's it's going to grow. It's going to grow quickly. And I wanted to get to the point where it's three tiers because my worry is just if it stays small, I don't want teams to get discouraged. I don't want teams to leave. I want them to stick it up because the future is going to be bright for Co-Ed. It's some of the... I remember I had to do uh, play-by-play, and, you know, unfortunately, I just... I couldn't catch a lot of the games. I wasn't covering the division uh, with my writing for that season. So I happened to be on the play-by-play for one of the games. And while it wasn't my best game at play-by-play, I was blown away by how good the games were in the FPF final. So it's absolutely, it's one of, to me, the, one of the coolest things about FPF is how high the level in, in some of our
0: complementary divisions are. And, and co-ed is, is the crown jewel of that. Well, La Sect, for example, right? I know last year was a tough goal for them. They were down 14 12 at halftime to Ying and Yang. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's- and last year, they would have been down 35 nothing at halftime. Yeah. And even though they lost, even though they outscored by 18 unanswered in the second half,
1: that's and, a big and, jump for me. The next three games and well, the next three games are against tier two teams, right? So, you yeah. know what? Like in, in fall, you know, they, they didn't win a game, if I'm not mistaken. No. And now they're going to be competitive in the next three games. They're going to be competitive in the next few games, and I think that's important. Yeah. And and already, like you said, it's a, it's a huge improvement just to be able to run with Yin Yang for a full half.
0: Yeah, and, and I, look, I'm not saying they're going 10, but they can win three or four. If, it, yeah. if if the ball bounces their way, if they have the right play call, if they get strong quarterback, because the, the yesterday there was a play where the ball, it was weird. Like, snap came for left sacks, and it slipped out of his hand. He didn't throw it. The ball slipped out of his hands in the air. So he got it, and he threw it, right? And it, was, and it was picked off. And that kind of unraveled the whole process. But they going to—they may not beat the Fighting Tigers, but it won't be easy for the Tigers to beat this team like yep. it was in years past or like it was last year for the Fall Cup. So this may I, not be over right with looking... five plays left. Sorry? So it may not be over with five plays left with a sec playing these teams now. Like it won't be one of those 18-point blowouts that they've had in years past. Yeah, for sure sure and I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm
1: glad and and again I think it's gonna help the team and uh, you know Allison Francillon had a had a tough outing the, the first game but to your point you know the the team found a way she, she scored a rushing touchdown she yeah. scored uh, a, a t- you know a passing touchdown eventually the interceptions made it difficult to compete but um, if she limits the mistakes this team will, will compete uh, they'll, they'll be in games
0: they'll be in games for sure absolutely so as we as we delve into this season we'll have more topics and more shorter segments for you to watch during the season so you don't have to wait for us to go over co-ed maybe maybe at the beginning of the show or maybe at the end who knows right we'll buy different orders of topic but one thing we definitely want to talk about is the uh league rule changes that were that are being implemented for this season and beyond uh, piece tell us about what some of the stuff that you want to bring up for our viewers who may not well, be or who're the whole process
1: I'm hoping Eagle remembers more of the rule changes. I wasn't part of rules committee uh, this season. One rule that I was happy to see removed. It's a rule that I never agreed with uh, mm. as part of the COVID, uh, re- you know, restrictions last season. Uh, if you completed a pass within five yards, the ball went back to the five. Um, yeah. Uh, to me, it it was like it was a rule we made when we didn't fully understand the 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 disease, and it's something that I don't think actually prevented anything other than scoring. And um, I'm excited to see it just it didn't feel like FPF. It felt like once you got into the red zone, you just had a bunch of chances at converts. So the play selections were it was just boring. It wasn't as interesting a game to watch, to play in. Um, it it really was different. the dynamic of of goal line offense which is one of the most interesting parts of our game. So I'm happy to see that rule changed. Right.
0: Eagle, do you, do you- uh, what are the real do we have, Eagle? I'm trying to remember all the changes that we well, did for this season. Well, the
2: other big, massive rule, which we haven't talked about on this show, is we have to go with the new flag belts as of this season. So yeah. before right. we had yeah. a hybrid system where we had the triple threat ba- belts, which were essentially the yellow or the red uh, strips that were attached to a piece of a belt that you would clip, um, versus now it's the pop ones essentially. So you have one on the left, one on the right, one in the back that come out instead. So as of this season, the triple threat flags are no longer allowed. You need to use the new uh, flag belts. Um, They're $5 a pop. You can go see your favorite scorekeeper or Mo uh, to go get them. And uh, those are the ones that are absolutely required. Other than that, I mean, some of the COVID protocols are still in place due to the restrictions for the fields themselves. If you're indoor, Masks and that type of stuff. Mo, you're not checking temperatures anymore or that type of uh, No, right only
0: Broadstar is doing that for now. Broadstar is doing the standard temp check and you sign in the paper for, for them to reach out to you if something were to happen. Uh, the indoor complexes at Lachine and Brostar would like for everyone who, are, who aren't playing to wear masks. So if you're a fan, you have to wear a mask during your view, viewing of your boyfriend, girlfriend's games. So that's key as well. Um, also, another thing to look at, too, guys, is the rosters. And that's one thing I want to bring up for those who are, are not familiar. Please email your rosters. And there is a link on the website, Eagle. Am I correct on that front for that YouTube? to correct. So, yep. why don't you, why don't you
1: bring roster. it up on the screen to show people where yeah. they have to enter the rosters before games, especially for the Division E teams or new teams in the league?
0: Yeah, this so makes it easier for us from COVID really purposes. Really simple as
2: well. go under the resources tab, go to roster submit. And this will load up a form that you then fill in so you select the date of your game you select your team name after you do that essentially so i'm gonna go through this quickly here let's say it was then then we can type in your team name then at that point over there you pick your division that you're in so i'm in div d and then you basically enter in your roster so jersey number and then first name is last name as close as possible and that's basically it if you have to check in a player uh put in dnp make sure you go see the scorekeeper to let them know that they're in attendance but not actually playing so they count towards the games played but not your cap and that's pretty much it essentially so that's the new system for submitting your roster
0: yeah so it's very important that you submit the roster to the scorekeepers beforehand we encourage you to do as early as you can so it gives us time to fill out the rosters not be rush rush before game time please
1: for sure and and um you know, this this specific episode, well, first of all, there's two things I want to talk about. One is that for the regards to the COVID protocol, everything we're doing is in accordance with the government mandate. Uh, we're just following the rules that we've been given. Um, and so, as those rules change, we'll update you on the show, the articles, FPF site, FPF social media. Um, we're going to reach out to you to let you know because we do expect some changes as the vaccinations increase and as as. Uh, numbers continue to drop so we will we will get you that information as we get it um the next thing is for this show this show is not live uh this show we recorded in advance so we lied to you if you think you're watching us live and you're ready to listen chat Uh-oh. sorry time travel hasn't been invented so we can't address it um, but we will be going back to live format at some point. We want to find ways to make the show more interactive as well, uh, to get you to be part of the show. Uh, we'll answer questions. We'll do whatever. Uh, you know, we, we want this to feel like a more interactive uh, activity. So if you guys have ideas, we, we have some on our side. And if, if you want to contribute to the show, we, we'd love that. We, uh, we, it makes it more fun for us. It makes it more fun if we get to talk to you directly. So
0: what we're trying to do is we're trying to recruit people to the Pirate Ship of ours. Yeah, to, 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 re- to replace us so we don't have to yeah. do as much work. Exactly. Same thing, um, less work. Exactly. And what we're going to do is we're going to definitely have smaller segments for you to watch to hook you in and be like, hey, I, w- I want to be part of this pirate ship every whatever day we reveal this article or this episode every week here. So we definitely look forward to doing that for sure. Uh you Eagle, to anything else?
2: The poop deck first. Just, that's the starting uh, point. Yeah, the show.
0: no, for sure. Uh, Eagle, anything else we need to bring up for the viewers? Because as of week two and beyond, we're going to be diving into the into the crux of every division storylines that will unfold because again, week one is very tough because there's so many teams on buys right now. So there's not much we can really converse about, but as a week two and beyond, we're going to talk about quarterback controversy. So this guy be released. Should this guy be traded? Uh, should this guy be out and about? Should they fire the head coach? Even though there's no head coaches in this league, we're going to bring up every crazy NFL, I'm oh, sorry, FBS storyline for this season coming up this year. So we can't wait to bring you all the, uh, storylines from FPF, and 10 weeks we think, look, fingers crossed, 10 weeks we have in playoffs. We haven't had that format in almost two years of a full season without interruption, and we pray that things continue to go smoothly, that we do have a proper season, and we crown champions in all five, six divisions of ours this year.
2: Yeah, Probably the last thing just for any captains or players, check the rain delay rules, because we have a lot of outdoor games this season, so get familiar with how that whole process works in terms of What's considered a rain delay versus what is play on? How long do we wait for? What happens for the game if it's rescheduled? If it's called to an end, that may actually impact your strategy going into a game. So just go ahead and check that out and make sure you have a good understanding of it, so you don't get so caught off guard
0: quickly. Eagle, if you can tell us in in in, in, a, in a layman's terms here, rain delay would be considered what in this context of what I we I mean, have.
2: there's literally a whole page of notes on the on the rule book that explicitly go through the details of how rain delay. Works. We'll be, we'll be
1: long, posting it in, in our social on our social media though, like yeah. as we go. The, and the long uh, story short is,
2: if the game hasn't started yet and there's a big rain delay, it gets rescheduled. If the game's already been started, there's rules as to how long do we wait to restart or whether we consider the game final or we continue it later on. So okay. that's the general gist of it. But yeah, just go ahead and definitely read through the rules.
0: All right, then. Yeah. So again, we want this to be interactive. We're going to definitely promote this. Throughout the course of the season, we'll, we might have guests on, but we want people who are going to be funny and have fun with this—not some constipated person. But yeah, not yeah, you, you know. know.
1: Hey,
0: yeah, out, exactly. We, we so. got
1: rid of for a reason. So.
0: Exactly. But look, we want to be interactive. We're going to have smaller segments for you to watch throughout the course of the week, and we want this to be fun. And that's what we all look forward to doing. And hopefully, coming back to normalcy again. And working with Peas and Eagle are two great guys. and We're a great team, and we look forward to bringing you content every single week of this FPF fall, of winter se- of spring season going towards the fall and hopefully towards the winter season of next year. Agreed. Okay. Magic words, please.
2: From all of More us co- here at the Weeker Extra Point Live, Pease.
1: Oh, I, I had a thing, and then I forgot it. I was going to say something about England, but I guess they won, so who cares?
0: Good night, D.D. Deshaun.